Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. So, but we're mainly going to be talking about the L.A. stuff. Yeah, that's all where I've been. And I've been to four, I've been to two. I mean, I haven't spent more time anywhere. I mean, in Napa, I went for two days. And Seattle for two. But this was two. This was a lot of action. So, we are back with Byron Lambert here, live on the phone lines. Byron, I I hear that phone speaker shaking around. Where the hell are you? You just got done in some kind of scenic overlook? Yeah, I'm just a uh, little little corona. I was told that that was a lookout on uh, the Pacific Highway here that was a must-stop and certainly looks like a very lovely and very wealthy area of uh, California. I'm heading out of Orange County where I've been the last two days for uh, two days of Rams practice and two days of Chargers practice, and I'm heading south. Uh, towards San Diego to check out every beach town between LA and San Diego before I fly back to Texas and start to prepare for a, uh, what looks like a second leg of uh, this training camp and NFL team tour for the month of August for our maniacal uh, listeners at rosterwatch.com. You know, I, 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 think it's, I think it's time that we realize that Byron has been maniacal in this trip. I mean, my God, I'm not sure that there's anybody who's been to outside of people who work for the NFL Network and outside of uh, Adam Kaplan, who's been doing his own training camp tour, that by the end of this thing aren't going to be to more training camps than Byron has, just p- picking up this fantasy gold for all of Roster Watch Nation. So um, certainly, <laughs> certainly, uh, yeah. Hey, and I think by next year, I'm going to be able to go too. Well, we certainly hope so. I mean, truthfully, the way that these things probably have to go is we all have to go our own way. Split up. And that's a... The trash man man promised me he'd make at least three training camps and somehow to no surprise of mine, it sounds like we're going to end up with about two out of him. Yeah, and one was... uh, And do you know what? Do you know what? As the trash man would always say, out of no fault of his own, out of no fault of his own. Yeah, right. But but hey, it's pretty it's pretty convenient for trash man always like that. Yeah, never forget it. Never forget it. It's always real convenient to come up with excuses when you're disgusting. Trash man. Okay, so we have Byron here on the phone lines, and um, just before we get into it, reminder to you guys: man, go into iTunes, give us a five star review, give us a five star rating. We're out. Byron has been traveling basically. He hasn't been home in his own bed for like three weeks because of you guys. He's going to come home and he's going to have to leave again uh, because of the information that we want to give you guys. So just if you like it, if you enjoy the podcast, clearly if you love our product, you love the cheat sheet. 
please go to rosterwatch.com and get a pro membership. But if you're not a pro member at Roster Watch and you're just kind of part of the podcast family, that's great. We love you. Uh, we're glad, glad to have you as listeners. But please, guys, go give us a good rating or a good review. If you dig the podcast and you're a regular listener and you haven't given a review, just please go do it. Okay, so we are now with Byron. He's been at Rams camp and Chargers camp. He's been down there in L.A. for the longest time of basically any camp you've been at through this entire deal. You've basically been out at those camps uh, for the entirety of this uh, for for the entirety of this week. I, I mean, do you want to start with Rams? Uh, yeah, sure. That's the one I went to first. Okay, so Todd Gurley. The way he moves is incredible. Watching him move on the football field is just a pure thing of beauty and exhilaration. It, it was what it was on his on his college tape coming out when he was healthy. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. Uh, he just it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful and it's really really exciting to watch. Todd Gurley, I mean, he's got a real opportunity here because Lance Dunbar has been unavailable for training camp, and Aaron Green out of TCU, the other, the only other guy that would really be a real option as a pass-catching back on this roster, has just come off a hand surgery and just started his first day back at practice yesterday. Um, I asked Coach Sean McVay about him, and, you know, he, they, they just don't have any information on Aaron Green yet. But what that's meaning is Todd Gurley is getting a ton of action in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah, so Todd Gurley has the opportunity to lock up that role if he performs and if he executes uh, both throughout the preseason and most likely early into the season. Uh, he, let me know Todd Gurley's a he's a good pass catcher. He was coming out. I watched him out there. I mean, he's so every practice opens with Jared Goff and Sean Mannion throwing to Robert Woods and Todd Gurley and just like a little set of warm-ups. Sammy Watkins finally joined them yesterday in that activity because obviously he's going to be a starter. And uh, so, I mean, Gurley, Gurley's getting a lot of action from warm-ups all the way through 11 and 11s in the, in the pass receptions, and he's catching most of the balls. He's a pretty good receiver. He's pretty natural. He does drop a few here and there that he should probably catch. Um, but, you know, he has a real opportunity here as it relates to PPR and even just production in general because there's a real chance this is a, this is going to be a check-down offense in a lot of scenarios, and Gurley could be a big benefactor of that. Well, we're going to get back to that check-down offense stuff because that's very interesting as it pertains to a lot of other fantasy options. But just let me ask you first, uh, on the basis of just talking to you and just hearing, like just actually reading through our Twitter, just kind of what you're saying, <laughs> you know, on the latest iteration of the PPR cheat sheet, I got Todd Gurley up ahead of DeMarco Murray. It was something I felt sick doing because I feel sick about Derrick Henry, who's nipping at DeMarco Murray's heels. I'm worried about DeMarco Murray's injury history, and I feel like he's due to get injured. And I feel like in PPR, if there is this possible upside while Dunbar is out for Gurley to show that he's efficient as a, as a third down sort of weapon, I think that that kind of thing is... is very pertinent to what to what we need to be doing. I think I'm more comfortable right now uh, with Todd Gurley and PPR than I am to Marco Murray. 
all factors considered. Let me ask you, I'm looking at the standard cheat sheet of which you're the architect. And from our Twitter and from what I just talked to you about, it seems like Todd Gurley has an opportunity to step up a little bit in this role. I, w I was getting a little bit gun shy about DeMarco Murray anyway, because for one, we love Derrick Henry. He might be nipping at his heels a little bit more this year. For two, DeMarco Murray just coming off the injury. For three, DeMarco Murray seems like he's bound to get hurt this year. And I'm just wondering, like, I had to move Todd Gurley above DeMarco Murray in the latest iteration of the stand, of the PPR cheat sheet. I'm wondering when you get home and you type, take time to unpack and uh, you know process this, are you going to be thinking about Todd Gurley versus DeMarco Murray in standard? I mean, I, that's an interesting question. I mean, so far ADP has dictated that that really hadn't even been a question. I mean, I think in standard I still probably roll with DeMarco Murray. I'm hopeful for – I mean, what I can say is I'm hopeful for Todd Gurley – after what I saw out there after two days of practice. I mean, I, Tennessee's offensive line is just so good, and I think that you can, you know, we do love Derrick Henry. That's a situation I'd want to make sure I get both of those. I, it's a close call, man. I mean, that's, that's something I'm going to have to go, I guess, to back to the drawing board and think uh, long and hard about. Uh, right now we're getting quite a bit of exposure to Todd Gurley, uh, as it is, it, as it is, so it's not, yeah, so it's not like, right, it's like, as long as we're getting exposure, that's all that matters, it's, it, it isn't like these are us making rankings, so, I get it. I mean, it's a good, it's a, it's a good question, though, I mean, so, Todd Gurley, right now, it looks like Malcolm Brown is the backup, the running back out of Texas, former uh, Longhorn running back, um, what else is there, the offensive line, I mean, I, I believe the offensive line has has improved. I mean, I know I don't just like say that with complete enthusiasm and conviction, but I mean, personnel wise, I think it's improved. I mean, I mean, here's what I asked head coach Sean McVay about. That. Coach, what is your evaluation of the offensive line this far into camp? You know, I think they've done a good job. I think, you know, really we're kind of starting to settle in where you look at Rob Havenstein playing that right tackle position and Jamon Brown playing right guard. I uh, feel very good about John Sullivan and what he's done at the center position. I think Roger Saffold, you know, he's a, he's a special player that's been able to play all over the place throughout the course of his career. But I think he would agree that left, left guard is probably his most natural spot. And then we know what a big addition Andrew Whitworth's been for. So I uh, feel good about those players, and it's going to be about us continuing to develop that continuity up front that's so vital, so important. And obviously, uh, you want to be fortunate with the injuries, but we're continuing to find those guys that provide depth behind them. But uh, with those five, we feel pretty good about our starters and just looking to see those guys improve and continue to grow together. All right. So uh, yeah, so, so, so there's been improvement along the offensive line. Both you and Sean McVay ag agree about this, at least. <laughs> Well, the left side of the line looks to be better this year. And Sean McVay is at least saying that he's seeing the right side show signs of improvement and come along as Rob Havenstein and Jamon Brown are starting to settle in over there at right tackle and right guard. Is, 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 Rob, is, 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 is Rob Havenstein one of your swindly senior bowlers? No, he's not. That was uh, Michael Schofield, but... It could have been one of Loiko's guys. May have been. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got to split a hair there, I mean, that's certainly that's something that tilts big time in DeMarco Murray's favor still. Right. Is the Titans' offensive line. 
which is something we pay a lot of attention to at Roster Watch. I mean, I was out there really. I think that I think that the the media directors at Chargers camp couldn't figure out who this guy was. Spending so much time watching offensive line drills today, <laughs> it's like... and it's because it was the second day, and I'd seen a lot on offense already. And it was time to start figuring out how that Chargers offensive line looks. Anyways, we'll get to that later. So, yeah, Todd Gurley, he's got the chance to carve a huge twenty plus per t- uh, twenty touch plus per game role. Um, the offensive line I, is going to be better than what it was last year, for what it's worth. He has the chance to be involved in the passing game. I mean, he looks amazing the way he's moving on the field. So, I mean, I, I, to me, the big limitation on Todd Gurley and everybody else in this offense is just that I think it's a very low-ceiling offense. Um, you know, that said, it, it, there's a chance this really very much needs to be a Todd Gurley offense. So, Gurley, Gurley certainly... Um, he's what we can call, you know, the safest bet, uh, on this offense in terms of, you know, a fantasy prospect. Okay. But what about how it, what about how it affects golf? What, I mean, so you're saying it could be a a chance of being a girly offense, any chance of it being a Sammy Watkins offense? I mean, are you, did you come out of there feeling anything about golf like there was because you're one of only a few people who's gotten to see him i mean unless you're in the la media you haven't gotten to see him live and in person for two years in a row the same way that you have what is the difference in jared golf uh jared golf looks like he's a little bit more on time a little bit more in command a little more comfortable he looks like a player going into his second year and I think that's important. I think he's shown improvement. I think Paxton Lynch in Denver showed improvement. I don't think Paxton Lynch is ready to be a good NFL quarterback yet. And I think Jared Koff is ahead of Lynch in terms of being able to orchestrate an offense. He's certainly inferior to him physically. Um, you know, and, Sean and, 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 and that's a good point. You've seen both of those dudes live in the same training camp setting for the last two years. So you're saying that golf, and that's the thing, golf was never going to be the physical specimen that Paxton Lynch is. But what we were yeah, hoping he's put, is he's that... put on about 10 pounds, 15 pounds this offseason. He's looking a little bit bigger. I mean, Sean Mannion has the best arm at Rams camp. Which is weird. I, I, Do you remember I, anything yeah, about I, the Sean Mannion yeah. arm from the Senior Bowl? I don't. You know, I remember like thinking Sean Mannion was halfway decent on tape going into the Senior Bowl, and then coming away being a little surprised, a little underwhelmed at what I expected to be a little bit bigger arm strength. But man, his arm—and it could have been relative to golf's—but his arm, his arm definitely had some pop. It was pretty live out here. And uh, I mean, truthfully, if they didn't have the investment of the first-round pick in golf, I think that McVeigh, this would be a wide open quarterback competition and I would be I, I'd probably put my money on Mannion. Um <laughs> really? Huh. Well, you yeah, know what? You, so, I, I just I just say that because there are some people on our on our Twitter feed that are LA Rams you know, already they're LA Rams truthers that live there in LA that talk about how, how Mannion should be the starter. The ones that have been out of camp. So uh, that's just interesting to hear it from you, too. Well, I mean, there was rumblings about that last year. 
I mean, the team. I mean, he gives them the best chance to win. I mean, it's pretty apparent. I'll tell you what's an interesting thing, and uh, not to digress here, uh, you know, but there's a big difference between going to a Philip Rivers or a Russell Wilson training camp practice and going to a Jared Goff or a Paxton Lynch <laughs> oh, training camp practice. It just goes to show, man. Like, the, like it goes to show. It's it, it, it's 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 why I'm starting to respect these two quarterback and super flex leagues in fantasy so much more and more because they put such a high premium on quarterbacks because that's a lot more like the real game. These guys are yeah. like they they are not all created equal. Yeah, and it's hard to suss some of these guys out. That's what we're out on the road doing for you, fellas, for you listeners, for you subscribers, for you maniacal listeners of Roster Watch Nation. So. Anyways, uh, yeah, and then you kind of have like, so it's like Philip Rivers and Russell Wilson on the very presidential um, side of running a practice. And then you have, you know, Jared Goff and Paxton Lynch on the just amateurish, doesn't seem to really have the same command of things side of the spectrum as far as running a practice. And then you, you kind of have like Derek Carr kind of up towards more towards the rivers and the and the Russell Wilsons and then you've got probably Dak Dak right there in the middle and then maybe there's like a Brian Hoyer on the way down as you start to head towards Jared Goff and uh Paxton Lynch in terms of how they run a practice pretty interesting to see the spectrum uh you know and, and you can see why I mean you can see why it makes such a diff- such a huge difference in just the overall organization and just the execution of everything. It's, um, it's, so it's, Jared, Jared Goff, Jared Goff throws a little bit of a wobbly ball. His accuracy is still a bit of an issue. I think his footwork is improving, but still like his timing off his back foot when he's got a drop off, uh, from under center, you know, the ball doesn't always come out on time and he's throwing it at receivers or sometimes a little behind him instead of where they can uh, catch it in stride. Which is the um, which is the worst thing I can imagine for a Sammy Watkins? It's yeah, like well, so for a guy that I mean, for a guy that ball placement is so important for just to get that guy out of get that get that guy out ahead of his big long stride and get him you know get him beasting downfield. I just I I think that I don't know how do well, you feel hey, like this affects Sammy Watkins? Well, here's the question too: is like McVay had cousins, right? And so from a physical standpoint. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think Cousins is a great practice player, and yeah. so well, I mean, he he, like he I, well, he throws a he throws a prettier ball in a practice setting than Jared Goff does. Period. Yeah, I've seen them both, probably, and so have that, you. That's that's probably true. Nonetheless, I think from a physical perspective, if you're McVeigh, you can kind of compare those two a little in your mind. What we don't know about Goff is. You know how much of a just how how much of a cold blooded killer with no conscience, you know, with a of a gunslinger is he? Because that's what Kirk Cousins is, and you know, Kirk Cousins is also presidential about running the offense and the team and everything else that comes along with it. So that's that's what we don't know about golf. It all remains to be seen. Um, as far as it relates to Sammy Watkins, I mean, I'm I'm moving him way down on the cheat sheet. Sammy Watkins is not going to be anywhere on my radar. I wouldn't draft him as yeah. more than a wide receiver three. Well, and there's there, there's been buzz there's been buzz around the industry that it doesn't 
it doesn't move him. And I just don't, it, I think it's nonsensical. Well, this is where we're going to get an advantage. This is where Roster Watch Nation gets an advantage because we are a self-sourced community that goes out and runs this intelligence ourselves for ourselves. So we can use it against these other donkeys that spend, that, by the way, spend a lot more money. <laughs> right? Roster Watch Nation does. Yeah, well, and we can do it thanks to our pro membership at rosterwatch.com. Like Byron just said, we are completely, we're the world's leading independent resource of NFL analysis. We have nobody to answer to. We have nobody who we're pandering to except for you, Roster Watch Nation. And our sole goal is to help you win fantasy championships. It is, it is un, unfiltered. It is unfettered. It is uncensored access. And it's everything that we go to fight for on behalf of you guys. So uh, here with Byron Lambert talking about, so Sammy Watkins, you have to go download the cheat sheet, see where Byron's going to have him in his newest update of the Rosterwatch cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com, which is available for uh, uh, all of our pro members. And a pro membership is cheaper than a cheap cup of coffee. So um, that's at rosterwatch.com. Okay, so let's go. Let's talk, like, what else at Rams? I'm trying to think. I mean, Tyler I mean, Higby, Gerald I mean, Everett. Lot, like, what are, what are we thinking? There's a lot. So, like, let's just, let's, like, let me just think about this. Or, so or, jo- or Josh Reynolds. Or Cooper Cup. I'm yeah, interested in a so lot of this stuff. This. So what, what's going on right now is on Monday, Sammy Watkins was just on the side working with some coaches on his own, and he stayed with Jared Goff and threw pass, caught passes for 20 minutes after practice and just getting familiarized. Uh, on Tuesday, he actually practiced um, with the team, you know, mainly mainly in positional drills, and then he ran a couple of second or third team you know, runs on uh, seven on sevens uh, and maybe potentially 11 on 11, I think. And so, um, uh, yeah, so for me, I probably wouldn't even draft him unless he was going to be, uh, I, unless he's going to be my wide receiver four, like off the board. People are still um, saying that people are still saying that he is a, you know, you know, well, right there. Here's the problem. Right. Here's the problem. It's because this is going to be an offense that doesn't score very many points. It's going to be an offense that sputters and has a lot of challenges in front of it. It's going to be a really and it's, it's and going to be a t- it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough year full of growing pains. It's a more aggressive offense. Sean McVay's brought energy, much better play calling, and actually the arsenal is pretty fucking full. I mean, truthfully, right. that thing's pretty loaded up on offense now with some talented players. But there's just a long way to, to go for this thing to be anything with consistency. And here's the other thing. There's a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, right. Cooper Cup is the best receiver on the team. And <laughs> there's a lot of mouths to feed. There's a lot of talent. So, And then you, you're, you're mixing Sammy Watkins in here very late in the game. And I just don't see how there's any way he's a guy you can rely on. If, he's, if he does anything early in the season, it's going to be on freak big plays. But, you know, what do we know about Sammy Watkins? Rex Ryan Ryan told us at the Combine a few years ago, Sammy Watkins is a different beast when he gets volume. And there's just no way for me to see that happening anytime early in the season. So what's happening is with Sammy Watkins, who's clearly going to come in and be a starting outside receiver on the team. Right now it's Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are, are the two receivers that are always in. In three wide out sets, Cup is really shaping up to be their slot, their starting slot, who's going to play outside when needed or on occasion. 
And right now there's a rotation uh, in Sammy Watkins' place. And that rotation is number one. First, that's number 10, Michael Thomas. I mean, number 10 is Pharaoh Cooper. Cooper. Pharaoh Cooper, then, right. And then more in, like, red zone situations, if 88, Michael Thomas was coming in. Right. And then Josh, Josh Reynolds was being worked in and looked really good both days. Uh, in reps with the ones, it's a real sneaky, it's a real trash man showing up. It's the ultimate trash man. It's the man, Josh Reynolds is the man, ultimate trash man thing to talk about. Yeah. So uh, he's getting, I mean, if it weren't for Sammy Watkins, Josh Reynolds was going to be the dynasty sleeper we said he was going to be. He was going to have a chance to start or emerge as a starting outside receiver on this team. Unfortunately, now I think he's more of a long-term play. I think he's the guy that's still got value that can still develop, but it looks like Les Thies trying to get a long-term deal done with Sammy Watkins. Robert Woods, I'm not sure. He may not be long for L.A. They may not be long for him. We know Cup's going to be there for a long time. So it's a wait and see with Reynolds, but I'm, you know, we got to admit, as much as it pains us, uh, that the trash man is always right about these things, or not always, but often. God did, and Amara Darbo too, showing out at, at Seattle Amara. Seahawks camp. Just yeah, yeah it's been so, some he's been consistently medicine, swindling us here. Painful man, medicine to swallow with the expense of the trash man on the road in Seattle and in LA. Seeing two two rookies who we thought were so eh. so at the Senior yeah. Bowl, who the trash man loved, who have really really shown out here. Uh, in real NFL action, real NFL practices. So, uh, and then, then let's move on to the tight end situation. So, I mean, they're running some three tight end sets actually, but primarily what you've got is you've got number eighty-nine, Tyler Higby. He is your he's he should be the tight end that has the highest snap count this year. He's the guy that's going to get virtually all the action in any one tight end set. Uh, but the team certainly plans on utilizing a lot of two tight end sets, and like I said, even some three tight end sets. Um, and so uh, Tyler Higby, man, that uh, that guy's big and he can block, but they, they can flex him out, and he can run and he can catch. So that guy's like a good all around. I mean, you're hoping he's a Heath Millerish, Jason Jason Witness kind of tight end if you are the Rams. And then, yeah, and then, and then but, but then you had the chance to talk to Tyler Higby. Oh, yeah, I did. And he was a fantastic kid. And uh, I got to ask him about his role on offense this year. Tyler, how's training camp treating you so far this year? It's been good. Um, getting out here, it's been a little bit cooler than last year. So um, coming in with this new offense and new coaching staff. And, you know, I think that we have a good culture around here and people are excited. Well, what is your mindset coming into year two? Uh, you know, put on, put better stuff on tape than I did last year. Uh, win more win more games than we did last year. Well, speaking of, where do you think you've personally improved the most over the course of this year? As far as the mental stuff, you know, seeing some different exotic fronts that you don't get in co- from the, at the college level, and seeing some of those things on tape as of last year, and getting some game experience. Um, you know, along with that, just the mental side of it, coverages and everything. Well, Coach McVeigh seems like a really exciting guy to play for. Uh, how would you describe his offense? Um, it's exciting. Um, a lot of the things look the same, but they but we do different different stuff out of it. So um, it's exciting. It can be deceptive, and uh, we're excited. And as you personally, I guess, relate to this offense, how do you feel you can be most effect- effective in your contributions this year? 
just you know whatever they ask me to do. I want the football games. So if they want me to block fourth and one, put my hand in the dirt, I'm willing. To, every down, I'm willing to do that. You know, if it's out, split out, get out there, move around a little bit, I'm willing to do that. Whatever they want me to do is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to win football games. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we wish you the best to uh, a, a good and fruitful season. Stay healthy, man. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a good day. You too. Outside of Higby, now what we're hearing this year is that Gerald Everett is the player who was drafted by that organization to be the one that Sean McVay saw as his possible Jordan Reed. I mean, how do you how do you see this going down? A lot of two tight end sets. Gerald Everett's almost always flexed out. He says he gets some of tiny bit of action in 11 personnel, but I think that's just to get him backup reps just in case or in some random situation. But he's primarily only coming in when it's a two tight end set. He's always flexed out. And, man, he's having a fantastic training camp. He's catching everything. He's fast. He's open. They're utilizing him in the end zone. It's big play after big play for Gerald Everett. And I was able to take a second to ask him what it was like being overshadowed by O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram at the Senior Bowl and then coming out here to training camp in Irvine, California, uh, to be one of the stars of camp. Well, talk to me a little bit. We scouted you at the Senior Bowl where, you know, look, O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram were both out there. I think everybody was a little bit overshadowed by those two who had – you know, a huge week out there, but that was a really impressive group of tight ends as a whole. Um, maybe you flew a little bit under the radar because out here you look great, man, and I know that there's been a lot of talk coming out of Rams camp about you having a, a role in the pass-catching offense. Um, maybe talk about what's gone on from the Senior Bowl until now. Well, Byron, when you look at it, I mean, those are so, you know those are top-notch guys, and I feel like I am as well. But I went to a you know a lower-tier school, and you know, comparing my school to those SEC programs, I won't get a lot of notoriety when being compared to those, you know, those players. But you know, OJ and Evan are both great athletes and both good friends of mine. But uh, at the Senior Bowl, you know, I had a great time. I felt like I got better as a football player, and you know, I, I wish them the best. But you know, my role with the Rams is just be that every-down tight end and just be able to make plays whenever my number's called. Well, that's interesting. You mentioned being an every-down tight end because I noticed out here that they're using quite a bit of two tight end formations, and you're certainly involved in a whole lot of those, and it looks like you're being flexed out, uh, getting to get down the field a little bit, certainly a target in the red zone. Talk to me about the personnel groupings that uh, you are plan to be most involved in this year. Oh, it's just whatever coach decides to do, uh, you know, week in and week out, whether it be 11 personnel, 12 personnel, you know, we have a great tight ends group, and, I mean, I'm just I'm going to be wherever I need to be. Are you getting reps in the 11 personnel groupings? I am. I am, yeah, but more so 12 personnel is where I'll probably see most of my action early, but, uh, you know, we all can roll in 11 personnel. Well, how do you envision your role this year as a rookie and uh, being able to contribute to the best of your ability? I'm not sure yet. I'm still trying to find my role in this team, but right now I'm just trying to be that every down player and just be wherever the offense needs me to be and be whatever the team needs me to be, whether it be special teams or offense or wherever on the field. Well, Gerald, you've had a lot of uh, coaches throughout your football career. Tell us a little bit about Coach McVay. He seems like a high-energy, exciting young guy to play for. Uh, We talked to him at the Combine, and he had us pretty stoked. Uh, Tell me about your impressions of him. Coach McVay is a great guy, you know, probably one of the best teachers I've had on the football field. And he does a great job of illustrating, you know, the things that we need to be able to see on the field and, you know, what could possibly happen at any moment in the game on offense. But uh, Coach McVay has done a great job of just introducing the concept of things to us from coming from Washington. And, you know, I couldn't thank him enough. One last question for you here. Uh, If you had to describe Coach's offense, how would you describe it? 
I would have to describe our offense as diverse. Hey, that's a good one. Gerald Everett, another uh, fantastic day of practice out here at Rams training camp. We thank you so much for your time, and well, we wish you a healthy and fruitful uh, All right, so that'll wrap it up for Rams camp. Uh, Always find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. Make sure if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy this exclusive access inside um, you know, these teams' practices, uh, these, these events, please support us by getting a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. Make sure to dominate your fantasy draft this year. Also, give us five stars in iTunes. Give us a great review in iTunes. We would most certainly appreciate that. Um, all right, so let's get to Chargers camp. And, I, I mean, how do, we, how do we even start? Is it a uh, – I mean – I don't know. What is it? How do you want to, like we we started with Gurley when we when we talked uh, Rams camp. Let's start with Melvin Gordon when we talked Chargers camp. Yeah, Melvin Gordon looks awesome, man. Uh, we're so happy for him. We got to talk to him last year at camp, and he told us that the key to a big year two was that he was uh, understanding what defenses were trying to do to him a whole lot better, and that he was going to be much more prepared to be patient and react and counteract that and make bigger chunk plays, kind of let them come to them. And, man, I wasn't sure if that was just a load of shit or not. And I got to tell you, last year, that, that, you know, that, was, that was true. And the bigger plays came from Melvin Gordon. And what we told you last year after talking to him, he is the nicest kid. And we root for Melvin Gordon. And I'll tell you, man, he looks good. He looks good, and they're practicing against a pretty good defense out there. And I, still, you know, I have a few questions about the offensive line. Uh, I was able to ask head coach Anthony Lynn about those. And 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 that's interesting because whenever we listen to Coach Anthony Lynn there about the offensive line, we start thinking about Anthony Lynn's philosophies, like about the about the run game and about his background and about who he is as a coach, you know, <laughs> like, um, like it's a, it's something where it's, it's something where it seems like it's going to be a big run game monster. And I know that before we even get into talking about Keenan Allen, um, I know like, let's, let's, let's play your interview with Keenan Allen. You, you dragged him aside at practice. And one of the things that he talked about with you was how they were going to have to get more physical on the outside whenever they were um, blocking, doing their stock blocking as wide receivers. And it, it, it makes me realize that this is going to be a, an, an offense that comes Byron to Lambert first. here with San Diego Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan, good to see you out here today. How is the knee treating you? How are you feeling? He's going great, man. Uh, all season went amazing. Rehab has been amazing. Camp is going good. So hopefully I can you know, maintain the health. Are you feeling any fatigue or any lingering effects? Uh, no, nah, not right now. Um, just a typical, you know, soreness coming back, um, a little bit of tendonitis. That's it. You feel like the same guy that you were last year? Because when I was out here last year, man, you looked amazing, and I thought you looked real quick again this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, try, I try to do the same things, always come back in shape, always come back feeling good, and uh, I think that's where I'm at right now, feeling real good. Well, I saw you wearing, I don't even know if it was much of a knee brace out there. It looks very light. You don't have it on right now. Is that something you plan on wearing during the season? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to just take everything off during the season, play, play brace free, and um, you know, see how it goes. Now, with a new head coach and a new coaching staff here in town, how would you describe 
the new offense? Um, aggressive. Uh, we, we definitely going to uh, establish aggressive mindset, uh, come out and um, try to dominate, and uh, um, especially on the ground. He's a big guy on the ground, and, um, you know, we, we're going to do our job blocking on the outside and, um, you know, everything open up after that. And I guess just to wrap up here, talk to me about how you see your role in this offense, how you contribute best in this offense. Uh, just making plays, um, you know, being there for everybody, uh, being able to do everything on the field, block, catch, um, you know, read, read coverages and all that, and, um, you know, make, make plays. That's what I do. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen joining us today. Thank you so much, Keenan. We wish you the best. You stay healthy and cheers to a fantastic season, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. And even before we even, you know, dive into that, we can also add in the fact that Hunter Henry, who I'm sure Byron's going to have a hot take regarding based on his, his, his maniacally uh, cryptic tweets at rosterwatch.com, um, even Hunter Henry talked about the run game and, and, the, and how this has been stressed within that organization throughout uh, the entire time that Anthony, Anthony Lynn has been there as head coach. Byron Lambert here with Chargers tied in, second year tied in, Hunter Henry. Hunter, how's training camp treating you so far? Good. It's going good. Um, getting better every day, trying to improve my game, get ready uh, you know, for the season, and uh, get ready to go. So uh, I think we're, as a team, we're getting better. So uh, I'm excited about that and just trying to stay healthy and, and stay ahead of things. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to be out here. Well, talk about that because we were out here last year and we told everybody that you were a guy to watch when nobody was talking about you. Then you had a really nice rookie year there. Talk about the improvements that you've made heading into this season. Talk about how your role is changing in the offense uh, and just what it's like going into year two. Um, yeah, I just feel confident I'm trying to improve in everything in my game, uh, blocking route game. I mean, route routes, passing game, uh, knowledge of the offense so I can just play faster. And uh, just my confidence is at a new level. So it's I'm feeling good and uh, just trying to do as much as I can for this offense so I can try to we can try to be the best offense in this league. So, uh, you know, that's our main goal and uh, just trying to improve my game so that I can, you know, hopefully contribute to this offense. Well, let's talk about that. You got a new coach here with Anthony Lynn, a new coaching staff. How would you describe this offense? Um, I think we, we have a lot of potential and a lot of um, explosive guys and a lot of guys that know the offense have been around. Um, so I think it, it can be, it can be good. We got to get better. We can't really get buy into the hype, buy into all the things that people say, and just we got to go to work every single day and get better because uh, you know we're gonna have to earn that um, and go out there and prove it on the field. And Hunter, last question here for you. You know these uh, other coaches in the division are working all off season to try to counteract what it is you guys do on offense. What adjustments are you expecting from defensive coordinators against you specifically this year? Oh, I, I don't know if there'll be anything, especially, especially for, specifically for me, because we got we got a lot of dudes on our team. So um, there's a lot of guys. You know, we have Keenan, we have Tyrell, we have Gates, who's a Hall of Famer, who's you know about to break the record this year. So I think there will be a lot of keys on those guys. But uh, hopefully, I can you know contribute to this offense and hopefully get some matchups that we like. Well, folks, you heard it right there. Chargers tight end Hunter Henry bringing the fire, telling us there's too many options on this San Diego Chargers offense for anybody to game plan uh, any one specific guy. Hunter, thank you so much. We wish you the best this season and uh, best of luck. All right, brother. So there we have it. It seems like the consensus around there is that this is going to be a situation where they're going to be running the football to where it's going to be the Anthony Lynn as we know him, the ex-NFL running back. The ex-running backs coach, uh, you know, moved to running game coordinator, moved to offensive coordinator. The architect behind the ridiculous running attack in Buffalo last season. 
And it seems like even the players are saying that, you know, amidst everything else that they're focusing f- focusing on, it seems like these these duties with the Keenan Allen that you would generally think are ancillary duties among like a target monster dude. He's coming in here talking about how he needs to block on the edge for the run game. Well, and Keenan Allen says this is going to be an aggressive offense. Do you know how I would characterize this offense? Uh, because you can't forget that Ken Wisenhunt is still the offensive coordinator of this team. Right. But Anthony Lynn's going to have his fingerprints all over it. So uh, I characterize this as an aggressive offense that's going to feature Melvin Gordon. And I'll tell you what's happened is, since, you know, it was pretty clear at last year's camp. I mean, more than pretty clear. It was, you know exceptionally clear at last year's <laughs> camp that Danny Woodhead was the pass catchy back and that Melvin Gordon was only going to be in on first and second down. When Danny Woodhead went out, Melvin got, Gordon got his opportunity and he earned his stripes in the pass catching game. He is now fully featured in a pass catching role uh, for the Chargers. And so this is going to be an aggressive offense that features Melvin Gordon. It's not gonna. You're not gonna lose the gunslinger Philip Rivers. You're not losing Ken Wisenhunt's influence. This is still a Philip Rivers passing game. There's a lot that still looks a lot like we've seen over the the years. But it's it is certain to feature Melvin Gordon, who you know you could you go over there immediately. You know after your Rams practice, and no, but he, you know, he doesn't move like Todd Gurley. It's just, it's different. You know, Todd, they got actually fairly similar body types, but it's just you know, not the, he, he doesn't like move like Like we said like in the Gurley, draft, it's just like we said in the draft, you don't put him in the same sentence as far as attributes wise. You just can't. Yeah, but, but I'll tell you, he's smooth and he's steady. Melvin Gordon is. And he's also a st- big, strong kid. And he's more than effective. I'll tell you that much. Especially with, uh, a quarterback that can keep the defenses honest. Um, so, yeah, that's the way I'd characterize the offense. As for Keenan Allen, I mean, you know, we've got a lot to analyze here because heading into last year's camp, I thought Keenan Allen looked amazing. The precision that he and Philip Rivers were working with was incredible, and he was set for a monster. I, I just know that he was. And based on his first half, you know, uh, target share before he went out in that very small sample monster. in week one, he was already monster. a huge monster was brewing. Yeah. Right? So well, you, you could have ca- cashed in big, like, DraftKings, you know, tournaments with having Keenan and Helen on your roster, and he only played a quarter. Yeah, and so, you know, Allen is a guy that we've got high exposure to on the standard draft sheet sheet right now. Um, and so it was really important to get out here and see what that situation looks like. You know, you always have a little concerns coming back from the ACL. Fortunately, that happened to him week one early in the season. He's had a, he's going to have had a full year to recover. Um, you know, but you can't forget, you know, the offense has changed a little. We got a new head coach. And the other thing to consider is that other weapons have emerged in San Diego. And, um... So Keenan Allen had a very light knee brace on. I asked him if he was planning on wearing it uh, during this, the season and during games. He said no. He said he's going to shed that thing. And, you know, I got to say, he's moving. 
he, he's moving really, really well out there. He looks very, very good. He's moving well. He's still Philip Rivers' go-to guy. He's able to get down the field. He's able to get separation. He's quick in and out of cuts. Now, I, I can't put my finger on it. As good as he looks, something says to me, something didn't feel quite as just over-the-top amazing as it did last year. So maybe he's only... 95 or 98 or 99%. You've got to remember that Keenan Allen's never been the explosive. He's never been the super explosive. He's always been more smooth. And more like, are you saying that even knowing that, that you're saying that it wasn't the explosion you were worried about? It's like you're worried that even the full package. He he, he looks looks good, and I don't want to send the wrong message. I I can't quite put my finger on it. What I'm saying is no matter what, he looks good, and I'm very comfortable with him. I think he's – at minimum, a very solid wide receiver, too, and especially in PPR. And I think what it was, if I had to try to assess, I think the offense has changed. Like I said, it's more of a Melvin Gordon offense now. We've had Tyrell Williams emerge. We've got a two-tight-end offense, a three-tight-end offense that we'll get to in just a second as we have a twist to what's going on there on the Chargers offense. But there's more options. There's more targets that have emerged in Keenan Allen's absence. And so, you know, I think last year it was just that not only did he look good, but he was getting, you know, just an incredible amount of targets and he was catching everything in sight and everything looked, everything looked amazing. And so maybe the volume was just a little bit down this year. So um, nothing to be concerned about. I love the value on Keenan Allen this year. If, he's my, if he ends up being my wide receiver one, off the board, I'm fine with it because I know I'm still going to come back around with several other high upside wide receiver twos and threes that I really like, uh, especially in PPR. Keenan Allen is going to be just fine if you ha- if you got uh, in a situation where he has to be the first wide receiver off the board for you. So, uh, anyways, just just some thoughts there. But Keenan Allen looks looks great, man. So go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership, download the cheat sheets, find out exactly where we recommend you take Keenan Allen in your fantasy drafts. And so before we before we even get to it, Byron, I just want to ask you, um, it's the it's the big tease that you put out on Twitter, the big twist, the big uh, the big there's a big twist coming up with it with the tight ends, right? Well, yeah, I think so, man. I mean, because you heard there was a lot of chatter after. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I got I got I got to stop. The Roster Watch podcast is brought to you by Roster Watch Nation, our pro community at rosterwatch.com, who, for less than a cheap cup of coffee, uh, support us in all of our maniacal efforts, uh, support us in the creation of all of our tools, uh, all of our travels, everything that we do to make sure that you win fantasy championships. The 2017 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com for our pro members. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is a magic sheet of paper. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it. Three simple rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, an expert quality draft is guaranteed. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, it's mystical, it's magical, it's mythical. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet, it's only at rosterwatch.com. All right, so let's finally get to it. What is the twist with the tight ends that you've been that you've been hinting to hinting about on on Twitter? 
Well, I actually alluded to it. The Rams are doing a little bit of it themselves as well, but the Chargers are running uh, quite a bit of three tight end formation. I don't have the depth chart in front of me, but it's number 80. I want to say it's Jeff Calkin. I'd have to look at it to to double check. Maybe you can look that up. But uh, that's the twist, man, is, I mean, we came out of the last last week's preseason games with a lot of people talking about how high Antonio Gates snap count was, and now they're concerned about Hunter Henry, and yada, 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 and so then I go out there and to assess that situation, and lo and behold, not only do we have to split those hairs, but we have to come to grips with the fact that the San Diego Chargers run a fair, fair amount of three tight end formation in practice that I've seen very little of anywhere else except for the Rams, and the Chargers running it significantly more often than the Rams. It looks like you're talking about Sean Culkin, number 80 from Sean Missouri. Sean Culkin. Yeah, Sean, Sean Culkin. Culkin. I knew I was close. Yeah, so is, is he somebody to keep an eye on as far as Dynasty? I don't think so. I mean, that's hard to believe. Are, are, are we interested, more interested, less interested in – Hunter Henry's not a guy who Roster Watch Nation has gotten any exposure to through this whole process. Is he a guy that we're more interested in now, less interested in now – they're just the same, you know, kind of uninterested unless he falls at extreme value. What do you think? Oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm hoping this recent chatter that from the group think from all these experts out there that are in some basement on a computer and have never <laughs> gone out to any of these things to actually get them figured out. I mean, there's literally guys that want to make these evaluations who all they do are just like crunch numbers and kind of like read some things and then try to make an opinion about it. It just doesn't even make any sense. No. And so... Uh, I'm hoping that this latest talk about Hunter Henry will drop his ADP and make him more of a viable option for Roster Watch Nation because, I mean, we've got the goods. We've got the truth. And the truth is is that, yeah, Antonio Gates still gets a little bit of action in one tight end set. Antonio Gates still gets action in all the two tight end sets, which they're going to run a fair amount of in San Diego. But the truth is, man, I mean, the truth is is that Hunter Henry is the guy in the one tight end set. He's going to be the Hunter Henry is the guy that's definitely going to have the highest snap count of all Chargers tight ends. You can tell, so he, he's definitely the guy who's going to get the majority of reps in the one tight end formations during the season. When they're in two tight end formations, yeah, Gates is going to get some of those targets, but Hunter Henry is clearly the more explosive, bigger play threat. Uh, when when they are in those two tight end formations, there's going to be big plays for Hunter Henry. Oh man, hey Alex, I man, I I think I got I think this girl beeping. This is a I got this girl beeping in who told me that she teaches tantric yoga. Get Can off I the phone. That? Yes, get off the phone. This is episode 36 of the Roster Watch podcast. We will see you next time. <laughs> All right, brother. See you later. <laughs> There we go. We're out. <laughs>